Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ, and I'm thankful that you have joined us today. And today we are going to be in Matthew chapter 15. So if you will, be opening up your Bibles there to that passage. The first part of this chapter, really in verses 1 through 20, Christ is making a point about what truly defiles us, that defilement comes from within. Now this is brought on by a question that was asked by the Pharisees. If you look there at verse 2, it says, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. So the Jews had this tradition. Obviously, as we see here, it's a very similar tradition to what we have today. You wash your hands before you eat. But of course, the way that they were using it, the way that they were binding it, was something more than what God required of them. And so these Pharisees are asking Jesus, why, why do your disciples not keep our traditions? And Jesus answered in verse 3, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father and mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father and mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not to honor his father. So, for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus is saying, You bind all of these traditions, and you do so, and in fact use these traditions as an excuse to break the commands of God. As he says, he uses the, exam the example here of them dedicating or giving things to God as a way to avoid taking care of their family, taking care of specifically their parents if they are in of any need. As it says in verse 5, what you would have gained, however I could have helped you, whatever I could have given you to help you through this time period, I've already given that to God. So I can't help you. There's nothing I can do. And so I don't have to keep that command. That's basically what they were doing. And Jesus is pointing out, as he says there in verse 7, their hypocrisy. They honor him with their lips, but their heart is far from him. They wanted to seem righteous. They wanted to appear righteous. But inwardly, they were not. Inwardly, they were defiled, which again, leads into his main point in these first 20 verses. That it's not their traditions, it's not, as he says in verse 11, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. He's saying it's not these traditions, and specifically addressing this tradition of washing hands, he says that, that, that isn't what defiles somebody. What defiles somebody is what comes out of the heart. Look there at verses 17 uh, through 20. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, uh, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. We've already talked about some of these things previously in chapter 6 as well as in chapter 12. 
Proverbs chapter 23 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to drive home. What we think, who we are inside, is going to, of course, manifest itself by the things that we do. And those things that we do, the things that come out of our heart, is what truly defiles us. And, and again, Christ is making this point because that was something that the Jews, to a very large extent, had overlooked. And then in verses 21 through 28, we have here the faith of the Canaanite woman. This Canaanite woman, as it says in verse 22, she came and she was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And so she goes to Jesus, asking Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter. And as events transpired there in verse 28, then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. We've already looked at a very similar example there in chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, with the centurion, the faith of the centurion. And God says, or Jesus says there, that he had not found so great a faith in all of Israel. And here again, we have another example of a Gentile coming to Christ who had more faith in him than the Jews did. And in fact, he says in verse 24, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He tells this woman, possibly as a way to test her, I am here to serve. I'm here to minister to the Jews. That's who I've been sent to because that was his main focus during his ministry. He says, I have come to the Jews. And, and of course, in verse 25, she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. Again, he possibly said these things to test her faith. And she, of course, proved her faith because she knew that no matter what, Jesus would have been able to heal her daughter. And because of that, he did. And then in verses 29 through 31, we have another. We've noticed several little passages like this, just describing Jesus going around and healing all of those that came to him, all of those that were presented to him, whatever ailment or disease or injury they may have had, uh, he healed every single one of them. And then the last part of this chapter in verses 32 through 39 is something that, again, we noticed very recently when Jesus fed the 5,000, but here he's feeding the 4,000. And it's a very similar situation. In verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we to get bread enough in such a desolate place to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven and a few fish. And directing the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of broken pieces left over those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. So again, a very similar situation, a different instance of this. And as it says, seven loaves and a few fish. We don't know exactly how many, but a few. And as it says in verse 38, those who ate were 4,000 besides women and children. So if you remember whenever we were looking at Christ feeding the 5,000, uh, you'll remember that we talked about if there was just one woman and one child for every man, that would have been 15,000 people. 
Well, again, if there was one woman and one child for every man, that would have been 12,000 people. So it could have been anywhere from 12,000. It could have been more than 12,000. We don't know. But either way, God and Christ proving that Jesus is the Son of God through these miracles, proving to these people here, proving to the disciples that He is undoubtedly uh, the Messiah, which again, whenever we started this study and looking at some introductory things, that is Matthew's point throughout this entire book, is to prove to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah that the Old Testament talked about. And one of the key proofs for that. Not only is the prophecies that he fulfilled, but also all of the miracles that he performed as well. So that's Matthew chapter 15. I thank you for your attention, and I hope that you will come back tomorrow as we will be looking at chapter 16. Thank you for your attention.